be damned if the same politicians who refused to act then are going to try to come back today. The real content of any kind of revolutionary thrust lies in the, in, in the principles and the goals that you're striving for. When the powerful use their position to bully others, we all lose. A system of justice will be the richer for diversity of background and experience. Okay, testing, testing. Is it recording? A- yes. She's a woman! Hello, everybody. It's me, Miss Cracker. I'm here with my co-pilot, Caitlin, and it's time for She's a Woman! She's a Woman is a podcast for every human being who looks into the mirror and says she's a woman, and for the people that love them. Every week, we talk to incredible women of all kinds from all walks of life and invite them to share their stories with you, our incredible listeners. And that's exactly what we're going to do today, except first, we have some very good news. Is that right, Caitlin? That's right. Very exciting news. Okay, tell them what it is. Today is Saturday. Yeah. The day of the recording. This is Saturday, November 7th, and they just announced that Joe Biden won the presidency. And we, like, we knew because there was all of this noise and cars honking and people banging pots and pans. Like, crying in the streets. I've never seen anything like it. And people were, like, out from where I could see, people were out on their balconies, like... Yep, my building, too. They were filming. I was filming. We were filming all the cars. Like, ambulances were running their sirens and there were some people I saw out at a restaurant I could see from my window and at first they were looking around like what What? is happening they opened their phones they're like Yay! It happened, it happened, it happened. <laughs> so, obviously, like, on this podcast, we are not very, like, pro-individual politician. Like, it's not like we're sitting here, like, oh, we've always believed that Biden was the savior and he's going to fix everything. No. Um, it's not like that. It's just that for so many of us, this is, like, a moment of hope where we think that there's an opportunity for things to go in the right direction. We have an adult in the White House, at the very least. You (laughs) You may not agree with Biden on everything. You may not particularly like his history and his opinions. There's a lot of problems, a lot of things to be fixed. But, yeah. I feel like he's more willing to listen. I feel like he's more willing to listen, and I feel like he, when he listens, he might understand what's yeah, being said. Yeah, he won't just throw a tantrum oh, publicly my God. on Twitter. And on Twitter. So <laughs> it just, it's such a tight, obviously, election, and it was down to the last minute. But I guess that the hope is that maybe we can put aside our differences in the next four years and see if we can put love and acceptance in front of hate and intolerance, which is been, you know, I mean, we've been in the habit of that for like 400 years. So yeah, yeah. And I just I think it's a historic, an historic moment. Mm -hmm. Because of, you know, you were saying in the cab, like, we've never seen a celebration like this on the election. Yeah. On that announcement. Like, I guess I remember when Obama was elected. That was pretty big. That was huge. Yeah. Um, and people were celebrating, but this hit us at a different moment. Yeah, it and wasn't... people are tired after a long year of 2020, I think. Yeah. People were itching for some good news. 
yeah, we just wanted some good news and there hasn't been any good news. And I, I feel like you often remind me of things that have happened in 2020. You're like, remember, that was in 2020. Like we yeah, were in London. It's been a long year. In 2020. So there, yeah. I guess there have been other good things. Mm -hmm. But to, to, to your brain, I think it feels like nothing good has happened yeah. at all. Yeah. So let this be a good thing that happened in 2020. Yep. That makes me so happy. So yeah, that's okay. I Usually I dive into like <laughs> some uh, speech about how we start our podcast with good news, but I think that was our good news yeah. for yeah. the day. That's our good news. And now that we have that under our belts, I want to bring on our amazing guest. Our guest today is Sarah Silverman, but not <laughs> that Sarah, Sarah Silverman. Silverman. We're talking about a different one. Sarah Silverman, the one that we're talking to today, was born in Long Island. New York. She attended art school to become a fashion designer until she ran into some discouraging results and decided to drop out. But that's not when things ended. That's when things got rolling. She attended culinary school, worked at a bakery, and today she is using her creative chops to delight hundreds of local New Yorkers and tourists with a truly unique business. And everywhere. They ship anywhere in the... In the world. Yeah. Yeah. So this business is called Funny Face Bakery, and they will put any face on a cookie using amazing artistic techniques with real artists that are hand-painting the cookie. Am I enthusiastically saying this enough. Uh, yeah, you are. <laughs> uh, they have real artists making you a cookie. And uh, so we're going to talk to her today. Just for a little context, Sarah Silverman and her team at the Funny Face Bakery, they made the cookies that Juju and I used for our brand new single album art. If you want to see the cookies, they're on the cover of our single, Eight Days of You. And it's basically the most adorable thing ever. It's my face and Juju's face, and we're about to be eaten by Santa Claus because, hello, he loves cookies. Anyway, so Caitlin and I went down. I was in drag. We went down in person to Funny Face Bakery to pick up the cookies. That's how we met Sarah and her team. And we had basically a really amazing time. First of all, I just want to say, Sarah, Caitlin and I loved coming to your bakery so much. Ms. Cracker, it was an honor having you. When you walked into the room, my jaw literally dropped. You just looked amazing. It was, And it was such a gross day out and you just brightened my day so it was amazing and likewise because um when i saw the cookies with my face on them and jujubee's face on them i was just like i felt like i was looking into a mirror like an <laughs> ideal uh, an idealized mirror you know what i mean <laughs> oh that is the biggest compliment when you say you're looking into a mirror because we literally try our hardest to find the best artists in new york city to make these amazing cookies it really shows too because each of those cookies is a piece of art and every time i open a box to show somebody they're like this is hand painted i can tell i'm like yeah this is not this is not printed this is real artistry there's no way a robot could do this. Like only no. someone could hand paint these cookies. It is so much love. And, you know, we interview, I think like around 50 artists when we're looking for um, people to hire at a time. Right. And I got to say, 
the portfolios we get, they're like Michelangelo. They are amazing. But there's something of, and you painted on these cookies, so you know how detailed you have to be with these paintbrushes. So maybe we'll find three people that could do it out of 50. Yeah, that that makes sense because when I was painting with my cookie, like I have a strong attention to detail, but I learned it's all about your hands, your steady hand. And it's all about having confidence. Um, And I think that's something that you have in yourself as a businesswoman, because you're launching a business. I want our listeners to know all about your cookies, but First of all, I want to talk to you about your life a little bit because your story is really amazing to me. I knew you're a fun person from meeting you, but when I was looking you up, I I thought it was such an interesting story. So what I want to ask first is, what is your story with art? When did you realize, hey, not only am I a creative person, but I want to make a life out of it? Was it when you were a kid or? So I have a story I think you might like. Um... When I was in kindergarten, the teacher asked my mom to come in and the teacher said, "Uh, we wanted to talk to you because Sarah doesn't really focus in class. She keeps throwing the Spice Girls in back of her homework. (laughs) So I have, (laughs) and my mom's like, so what? Let her draw. And um, I, the next year after uh, my mom took me out of that school. Um, So I have always loved drawing Mostly girls. So yeah, art's always been a part of me. Um, And then I wanted to be a fashion designer for the longest time in high school. And then I went to Savannah College of Art and Design. My first year there, um, I had class and um, I needed to make like a collar for a shirt. And I sat next to this boy named Jeffrey and I asked him for help and he knew everything. He was amazing. And I'm like, well, all right, this guy's going to make it. I'm not. And then I really wanted a boyfriend in college. So I, I took up screenwriting because all the straight boys were in the uh, film department. Is that department. not the truth? That's <laughs> so true. All yeah, across yeah. America. Yeah. Uh, they're like, have you seen Blue Velvet by David Lynch? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, mostly the straight boys love to talk about stepbrothers. So I had to learn every line from mm, stepbrothers. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Okay. We're back. But I like screenwriting too. And my professor said he had um, a special class that he was going to ask students to take, like his best students. And during our break, I saw him like whispering to a few students and I hear him coming over to me and I'm like, me? Oh my God, I'm so like, this is great. And he goes over to me and says, Sarah, can you turn off the AC for me? And that day I dropped out of college. I love that. (laughs) Wait a second. Okay, I want to go back to one thing. (laughs) You said early on you liked drawing girls. And I was wondering why you think you uh, were so drawn to images of ladies. Honestly, I think the same way why I told you I wish we um, we got more orders of drag queens because they're just so beautiful. The eyelashes, the makeup, the color. Um, yeah, I always, I really love drawing eyelashes. So I think that's why. You know, I think that's such a funny thing. It's something that Caitlin and I talk about all the time, which is I think there's a real 
there's a real stigma with femininity and prettiness. And I think that a lot of girls are told that they, if they're girly, then they're not smart. Or if they're girly, then they're not powerful. And I think there's something to be celebrated about being beautiful and loving lashes and loving hair and loving a stereotypical femininity too, because you can be that or celebrate that. And it doesn't mean you're a ditz and it doesn't mean you're less capable. It's just something that's different that people, for some reason, stigmatize. Yeah, it's really interesting. I totally agree. And I I actually, I... I feel more proud to be more feminine, so I've been wearing pink a lot more. So I kind of agree more with and you. And then this moment where you realized that you were going to drop out of college, I wonder how did it feel as a woman fitting into a class that was all about these straight men who were running it? For a very long time in my life, I think honestly up until last year, I really thought, it was normalized. Men just run the world. I, I really, so honestly, even back then, it, I was just like, what's it called? You know, when you're so used to something and it's like, wait, this isn't okay or n- normal. I think it's called feminism. Honestly, <laughs> 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 the root of it, yes. Okay, there we go. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean, though, where you're you're used to something for a long time and it, you need a trigger event to make you wake up and look around and be like, wait a second, what if this isn't normal in quotation marks? What if this isn't how things are supposed to be? Yeah. And you know what's sad about that? I feel like it takes something really big to happen. It's not like something small. I feel like something big has to happen to you to realize that. So you dropped out of college And then you had this sort of gap time. When did baking come into the picture? Was that something that was already part of your life or did it emerge out of this gap time? No. Oh, okay. No, after I dropped out of college, if you would have told me that I would have opened a bakery, I would have said, but I've never baked before. I actually, I've always been a businessman. I've always been definitely entrepreneurial. Um, And over the summer, I had this crazy idea that... There should be the sweet greens of cupcakes that there should be kind of like you pick the base of the cupcakes, you pick the filling of the cupcake and you pick the frosting of the cupcake. And I thought I was going to make millions off of that idea. I mean, cupcakes were such a thing at that moment. Like you could look at Magnolia Bakery and think like, oh, I'm going to do that, too. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's kind of like what you were saying about, um, you know, feminism and being like really like with lashes and proud, like cupcakes were the proud thing at the time. And now cupcakes are kind of have this weird name to it, which is weird. Um, But yeah, at the time it was cool. So um, I told my parents about this idea I had and they said, all right, go to culinary school. I, uh, well, actually, no, I'm sorry. Before that, they didn't even tell me that. I thought I had to learn about the business. So I worked at four bakeries. Okay. And this was a really interesting thing. I worked at four bakeries. One was a family-owned one. One was a failing one. And one was, uh, it was Billy's Bakery, which is a pretty big company. And it was really good because I got to see how a really nice homey family bakery was ran. I got to see how a bad bakery was ran, okay. bad management. 
which is really good. Like I, I thought it was very important to see what not to do. <laughs> right. And then I got to see what a big company uh, got uh, was like. And then after that, I went to culinary school. And uh, what was culinary school like for you? You know, honestly, culinary school, you don't really learn good recipes. It's all about learning how to work in a kitchen, I think. Like the recipes they gave us were just okay, but it's really good. It teaches you how to work in a kitchen. Honestly, I think if you want to open up a bakery, I don't think you have to go to culinary school. If you want to learn like amazing secret recipes, that's really up to you. But ultimately after culinary school, you did start your cupcake business. And just, I wanted you to talk about that. Literally, I was 20. So um, I was begging my parents, I want to open up a bakery. And my mom, I think my mom, uh, she always had this dream of owning an antique store. And I think my dad really just wanted to get my mom and I out of the house. So he's like, (laughs) Dahlia, Sarah, open up a cupcake market. So it was called, well, actually, I'm sorry. My mom came up with the name cupcake market, but I'd be selling the cupcakes. And next door was a cute antique room. And I remember the night before, you know, I had this sweet greens idea. The night before, I was like, oh, my God, this isn't going to work. It's just too much work making all the fillings, all the cupcakes, my million-dollar ideas ruined. And my mom goes, like, she, I just see her writing on the board, vanilla cupcake, chocolate cupcake. I'm like, can you be more generic? This is going to be awful. It was, yeah, I was crying the night before. But, <laughs> but, um. Two weeks before I opened up the bakery, I don't know what happened. The stars aligned. I wasn't searching for a great idea. Literally just an image of a face on a cookie popped into my head. I did not think much of it, but I just thought, oh, that would be a good shtick for um, the opening day of the bakery. Right. So I thought, all right, whose face should I make? Oh, it's 2016. The elections are going on. I'm going to make Hillary, Bernie, and Trump. Yeah. And I really didn't think much of it. Um, I just thought, I'll do it for this one day to, I don't know, it's cute. So opening day comes, no one comes in. And my dad puts out, finally puts out the cookies outside, um, a Trump, a Hillary, and a Bernie. Soon after that, people are taking pictures on Instagram. The 20 cookies I made all sold out. Yeah. And then the next day... I made all these beautiful cupcakes and people are like, where are the face cookies? I'm like, oh, they're sold out, but I have these amazing cupcakes. They're like, oh, all right, thank you. I think I did that for around two years where I kept trying to push the cupcakes. And I, it kind of seemed weird to me. My brother-in-law actually told me this, like, Sarah, this is your business. Just hired, you know, tell a bunch of art students, come after school and paint on cookies. I'm like, there's not a business like that. Like, I don't know any business like that. And it was really hard for me to imagine hiring artists to paint on cookies. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it 
and it's still hard for me to imagine. I've now done it, and it's still hard for me to imagine. Well, you were doing it with these long, insane nails, which I'm still very impressed you were able to do it. You know what? Thank you. That's true. Yes. I deserve that. <laughs> you do. I was very impressed. So, okay, your brother encourages you to get into this cookie idea. You have a few successful cookies that have been out there. Now, what is it like to launch the business? When does that moment come where you know, okay, it's time? Well, I really wish I had a moment like that. You know what? It gradually happened. I always pushed the cupcakes. And it was like, oh. Oh, you believed in those cupcakes. I know. And now now I'm not even a cupcake person anymore. And now I, yeah, it's, it's a weird relationship with cupcakes. But, um. I'm trying to think if there was a moment. I think it was 2019, and I'm starting to see people are asking a lot more for them. And at the time, I only had three artists, and I was like, okay, I don't have a lot of money, but I'm going to do something crazy. I'm going to just hire 10 artists and hope for the best. And we're in a 200 square foot art room at the time. And it is a mess. It is like the artists are coming to me like, Sarah, what color does this? I'm so disorganized. (laughs) That was my biggest, it's still my biggest thing being organized. I'm getting a lot better. But the thing is, I could never go and spy on a cookie place how to organize a place. I really had to make a flow of it. So it's something I really had to learn. Um, but yes, my big moment, I think, was 2019. I was like, I'm going to take a chance, hire a bunch of artists. And luckily that year, um, this really big Botox company ordered 500 base cookies from me. Wow. Which was a big deal. And after that, I was like, after that holiday, I'm like, okay, this is the business. It's And then 2020, my parents also, they were really into the cupcakes and they were always really nervous about me moving to the face cookies. But I'm like, guys, I'm 26. I'm a big girl. I'm making this decision. We're not cupcake anymore. We're funny face bakery. Oh, I love it because you just wouldn't think of it being a thing. And then you see the cookies and you're like, this is so worth yeah. it. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And then we'll be right back. Okay, we're back. I want to know how this works because you said you have a flow. I walk into your shop (laughs) and I'm like, I want my face on a cookie. What happens next? We put it in the oven. You have to wait five minutes. There you go. No. (laughs) No, I know. I was like... You know, I once had a customer um, order cookies and she's, we we're shipping it to her and she's like, great, how long do I have to put them in the oven for? And I really think she thought it comes in a little ball and the heat just heats it up and makes it flat and there's your face. I wish it happened, but oh, it doesn't. Absolutely. Okay, so this is how it goes. We usually first, um, and also to, in the beginning, I was doing everything on my own. Um this year, I really had to um, hand it over to like people that were better than me, more talented than I was, to be more organized. So now, 2020, um, we have Carly, who takes down your order, 
and then we send it to our illustrator who makes an illustration of your face. I think we sent you yours, right? Yeah. You got didn't you? Yeah, okay. And you could say like, oh, um, you know, make my skin lighter, make my hair darker. And then um, we do that on Procreate. And then once we get your approval, we have a colorist who mixes all the colors for the artist. And then the colorist hands it over to the pipers who pipes on the cookies. And then usually cookies have to dry for 24 hours to get rock hard. We use royal icing, which is basically sugar, uh, water, meringue powder, and yeah, it gets rock hard over time. And then after that, we uh, we hand paint everything. So for people who haven't seen this process, it is essentially a color blocked out cookie with a few fields of frosting color, a few areas of frosting color, a blank face pretty much, except for the eyes and the shape of the eyes and the shape of the lips. and all of the texture of the hair, the eyelashes, the pupils, the dimension on the lips, the texture in the eyebrows, the face tattoos in some cases, all of that (laughs) is done with these tiny three hair brushes and like these perfect little colors. It's really funny also with the interview process. Usually as soon as I see the person interviewing brush, hits the cookie, I could tell in two seconds if they're going to be good or not. <laughs> and I remember, <laughs> I feel like Simon Cowell a little bit, like, stop, stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's this really good artist who works for us, and I could tell as soon as he hit the cookie, he would be amazing. And I just said, that's all I have to see. And he told me he went home thinking he didn't get the job because I was having other people take longer. And I'm like, no, I knew the minute you hit that cookie, you were going to be a cookie star. Wow. What is that secret something? Do you, can you name it? Do you know what it is? Um, you know, I think it's, uh, it's really hard. You have to have a, an extremely steady hand. And I think it's also the drawing style. Some people just have a very rough hand where it's very thick and some people are just extremely detailed yeah it's so incredible to watch these get made and you've also said that you get more orders from girlfriends getting pictures of their boyfriends Mm -hmm. than you do the other way around i wanted to hear about that but i also wanted to hear have you learned something about people from this business because i feel like you have to have yes that's a great question. I have to say, yes. Um, people, I, I, you know, one thing I hear, you know, when assistants are hiring stuff for their bosses, you just hear how nervous they are. And, you know, we've always known assistants are nervous, but this really, I feel so bad. There's this one, one of my favorite stories is with, um, Carly, who is our executive director. She's taking order from this uh, guy with a thick French accent. And he's very nervous about his boss. And he says, Kelly, they must get in time. She'll kill me or worse, she'll fire me. (laughs) And (laughs) so I always thought that was a great line. So there's that. And then 
Also, of course, people will send a sketch and people will say, can you make my nose smaller? Can you make uh, my lips a little bigger? Like kind of what you see in plastic surgery right now. Like people want to enhance those and cook. Right. With the boyfriend and girlfriend, I one thing I do love, whenever we get a boyfriend ordering for the girlfriend, he's like... A lot of the times they could be a little clueless, but we're just so proud of them. We're like, we're there to help them. We're trying. And sometimes like they'll make, they'll pick the wrong color. And we're like, do you want to pick this color? It's like helping a little kid out. And it's so cute. <laughs> and it's such a heart. So uh, every once in a while, it's really sweet when they do. The Valentine's Day. Oh yeah, we get a lot of boyfriends. I mean, honestly, there's a company called dube that you can get a 3d image of yourself and a friend or of your dog or something like that a 3d printed image little statuette and i just don't understand why everybody in the world doesn't have cookies and statues of themselves like why would you have a party without your own face on the cookies and why would you have a wedding without a, a statue of your actual self on the wedding gig so Ms. Cracker, if that were the case, I would be on my yacht in San Tropez right now. Listen, all of you listeners, do yes. not throw a generic party ever again. Remind your guests yeah. who is the founder of the feast by getting your own face on everybody's cookies. It's like <laughs> a mission. It's like it's it's just so basic to get faceless cookies now, I think. I my mind has been changed, Sarah. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, they're really, I mean, what other presents are there? I mean, this is very, it's very personalized and a lot of love goes into it. And you could keep it forever too, which I'm planning on doing. Um, Are you? Okay, I have to send you a frame also. Okay, got it. So yes, um, they definitely, I mean, sugar is a preservative. So yeah, they last forever. Yeah, and there, and again, I'll say that it hasn't been a time when I've opened a box to show people and you just see that look in their eyes where they're like, oh, this is great. This is exciting. And I know that the the only people that are not going to order these cookies are people who haven't seen them yet because they're so good. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. They really, yeah. It's so, and it's so crazy. Like not in a million years, I really thought I'd be having a small cute bakery on in the East Village selling cupcakes. So it's really crazy how, you know, life happens, yeah. you know, the unexpected happens. So what are your next steps? Because you're almost to your opening point, but I just want to know what are your next steps for the business? Next steps. Um, so the face cookies, you know, a lot of love goes into them. Um, it's a lot, very labor intensive. So our price points, you know, it's really to cover the labor costs. So they're a bit hard. It's like $20, $20 a face cookie. We really want to get into um, cute object cookies, like really fun random stuff, like 90 memorabilia, like, I don't know, a cell phone cookie. We're really excited to get into the object uh, collections, which will be um, less expensive than the face cookies. Right. And then we want to take over the cookie world. We're going to be like the Rockefellers of the cookie world. I see it for you. I see it for you. <laughs> From a place in the West Village um, with real yeah. artists making real art for you, um, Funny Face Bakery has it all. So I, 
I just know that the people that hear this podcast are going to be curious. Where can they go to find you and support you? Where's the, the best place to start? Yes. All right, guys. So the best place to come find our cookie is our website, you know, e-commerce. That's what's happening right now. You can find us at um, funnyfacebakery.com and you could follow us on at funnyfacebakery. Um, yeah, it's exciting. We started out with like, I remember when we had like only 500 followers. We're now up to uh, 20. Four, not up to where you are, Miss Cracker. What you have like two million, which is insane. <laughs> do you remember when you had like I don't know five hundred followers or no? Yes, I do. It wasn't that long ago. Really? Yeah, I remember. It what? wasn't that long ago when I had just a few followers, and that was before I met my co-pilot Caitlin, who is a woman and a businesswoman, and she was like, "You it's have to." Met, right? What? Did we, did we meet Caitlin yeah, when she came into right. the shop? Yeah. Oh, that's her. Okay. So she's a little social media mogul and she was like, do you know what? Your Instagram is trash. It's time to start over. And <laughs> so we, we did. So yeah. everybody go support this business, go online, get yourself, treat yourself and your friends and family to something that they could munch right now. And it's delicious because I've munched one um, or they can keep it forever <laughs> Uh, in a frame because it will last. And it's like, I think to have someone do a portrait on paper of you of this quality would be more costly and not as cool. So I think just go for it. Get get the cookie um, and you have literally art by an up-and-coming artist. Oh, thank you so much, Ms. Cracker. They're all made with love. You'll be supporting art students from Pratt, FIT, from Parsons. So all made with love by talented artists. I think that was a very, very fun interview, Caitlin. I think so, too. I keep thinking of if I have any reason to make custom face cookies for anyone coming up. I mean, it is the holidays. I just want more. Right. But, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's the holidays. And I think anyone in your family, especially your cousin Hannah, would appreciate. Yeah. I was thinking of getting all the family pets or something in a box because they do animals, too. Oh, it's so important. note, you know, very important. note. <laughs> if you're like us and you're not particularly fond of people. <laughs> right. Exactly. And you want your animal on a face cookie. You can do that. You can do it. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, I think, a great addition to our stories of women also, because I think she had that experience where she could have been part of the patriarchy. And then she was like, no, I'm going to run my own feminist world. Yeah, I want to make cupcakes and cookies <laughs> and make people happy. What exactly. a great thing. No more screenwriting. <laughs> so anyway, thank you guys so much for joining us. We've loved having you with us. Remember, if you're ever feeling lonely, you can join us every single Monday for interviews and good news just like this. Caitlin and I will be there waiting for you with open arms. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate it, and review it. We love reviews. In fact, we love them so much. We're going to read some of our favorite reviews right here at the end of every podcast starting in 2021. 
And I guess we should say the production stuff now. Your favorite thing, yeah. My favorite yeah. stuff. Uh, <laughs> this show was produced by Caitlin Gretham, and then I did it. <laughs> the cast includes me and Caitlin, and uh, it is distributed by the incredible Studio 71. That's right. Yeah, I'm you a professional. Did I did yeah. it myself. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. Oh, and thank you, Caitlin, you for can't. rolling your eyes and reminding me. <laughs> if you ever feel down, all you have to do is look at the mirror and say, She's a woman! And I'll be with you. Not in a creepy way. Not in a creepy way. <laughs> With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.